0: This fall, coming to Kansas City television networks, it's Hurtado Island, <laughs> and that's OMLS. MLS. <laughs> with myself, Nick, and with me
1: always, with, with me as always is Andrew. Andrew Bates, how are you doing? Nick Thornton, how are you? I am doing great. I've just returned from Montreal.
0: I feel like I've just returned from Montreal. It's been a bit of a, uh, an away week for us. We're a little <laughs> bruised and battered.
1: Mike, uh, it, as though we had, had booked a, a, a flight to only have it be cancelled at the last minute, like the Vancouver Whitecaps have had happen to them again.
0: Yeah. Rough times. It's a busy time of year for everyone, it feels. Um, a- but you got to, of course, actually do an away game
1: that's true. This is uh North American Soccer Podcast. I went Ooh, yeah. to um uh an MO, I went to now my uh my third game at Stad Saputo, which was a wonderful time. Uh the White Cats played the um Montreal Impact. Uh this was I think one of the best attended from the white from the away section perspective, um partially because um there was a huge section of people who I was told were um, Maxime goalkeeper Maxime Carpeau's um cousins. He's from Montreal, so he had a bunch of yeah. there was a lot of people who mm-hmm. just for him. And there was also um sort of like uh all the the people who bought tickets through the Southsiders, including myself, got uh got put were sort of in the back row with our back on the uh, with our backs against one of the so sort of the far walls in the next row Ahead of us uh, was the family of Theo Bear, um, oh. who I believe is from Ottawa. That's the deal is is that's where is. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bunch of folks, a bunch, a bunch of folks came in, and, and in addition to that, there was just like a pretty significant section of folks who uh, who were wearing white caps jerseys and, and and were seemed to be connected or not connected to various folks. So it was, uh, yeah, so it was mean, sort of a yeah. I mean, considering rocky, being, it was a being on the other side minimalist. of the country. <laughs> It's yeah. true. Well, it's uh, as you always see when you like myself, who is somebody who is from BC and lived in Vancouver and now is closer to half a dozen East Coast stadiums than I am to the White Caps. Um you will see people trying to trying to make the trip. Um so it was a it was a really fun time even though the day in Montreal was filled with so much rain. Yeah. Uh, like like this was – I drove down on Tuesday and drove back on Thursday. So my full day um, with my girlfriend who also came to the game was – was uh, all of my wandering was packed into this one day, which was a downpour. And apparently the only day of downpour in like two weeks. <laughs> um, the – and uh, I think a lot of people were wondering if that had something to do with the attendance. I do not think the attendance was that bad. It was like fourteen thousand, but as a result, I think of the the Carpeau thing. It felt like it was almost like there was in the stadium. It was almost just like a dialogue between the two key banks of supporters groups and the Whitecaps group, which was which was a fun dynamic. Um, yeah, absolutely. Much. For
0: it looked st- like you had a lot of fun. I mean, the the match didn't go quite as uh, maybe we'd hoped, but. It certainly looked like a lot of fun. I was finding myself a little bit jealous of uh, not being out in the freezing cold rain in Montreal. I, uh,
1: I, I met some of the, the folks from uh, 1642 Montreal. Um, I traded scars with a dude named Simon, who was great. I and mean, I talked to a guy named Andre, who was phenomenal. Um, it, was a, it was a great time. And even if there was... So, so we can get right into it, I guess. This was sure. a strange one. This was a strange one because I think that um, the the Whitecaps have had a really weird week overall. Uh, Mm -hmm. After that, after the record-setting game against San Jose, um, you you sit in the stands and you are worried what kind of game you're going to see, and then the Whitecaps score, and then the Whitecaps score again, and you're delirious. You think, how am am I watching this? Um, But uh, of course, the second goal was disallowed um, in sort of like a Byzantine um, cycle of people encroaching off of various lines on the field. Yeah, um, and, uh, and, and past that point, the White Caps weren't able to get anything else on goal, and uh, Montreal was able to sto- score twice quickly. So, um, but it was the the two uh, the two games. Were a world of difference in terms of the Whitecaps being able to uh, get possession and get get shots. So I think compared to what some people might have thought of as a neg- like you know negative energy or or whatever suspected might be the case, um, it was a it was a fun game. There was a lot to like and there was a lot to um, to get excited about.
0: Yeah, I think. The overwhelming feeling I took away from this game, unfortunately, I was only able to watch part of it because uh, my TSN stream died on me, which was the day... That was the final nail in the coffin. I cancelled my TSN stream. (laughs) But... Uh... um, It just... um, It looked like a a different team. And, And the unfortunate thing for me is that it looked like a team that... I was like, okay, well, if we had lined up like this and we had all these players back in, you know, March, we might not be sitting at the bottom of the table. Despite the fact that there were errors. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of, of two minds on this one, but overall I agree. Like this, the soccer was better. Um, you could hear the away support even on the broadcast, which was great. And, um, it was a good recovery from a midweek game that really should have brought them more, but, they were just let themselves be beat by San Jose. We know San Jose has been much better. They've had a little bit of a dip, um, but they just beat the Whitecaps so easily on every area of the pitch midweek that things really didn't look too bright going away to Montreal. So Narvinsky's early goal really was this like, oh, well, that kind of changes everything.
1: So the so um, the, the, the San Jose game... Um, let's, let's break down that one first, which is the three, one, um, mm-hmm. the three, one uh, last Saturday, although it felt, it uh, feels like it could have been, uh, a, a half a week ago. Um, yeah. that was, that was a really strange one because it really felt, I think like this one, that it could have gone a lot of different directions because the White Caps scored first. Um, but at the time, I think my feeling was that. The Whitecaps scored, and then moments later, uh, Judson came back and and scored for the equalizer. I feel Mm -hmm. that the Whitecaps, one of the biggest issues the Whitecaps right now have is the mental focus. Um, Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, one of the most vulnerable points for a team can be after they have scored a goal and and they're not thinking about it. I loved that first goal from Jake Norwinski, who... Is, yeah. who runs into the box and somehow is able to uncork an amazing shot, uh, running in a shot uh, around his defender. And I just thought at the time, where was he keeping that? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you had a... I couldn't a, a... believe
0: it was his first ever MLS goal. For some reason, I thought he had a couple, but uh, that that was his first.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't... No, that, that's what's funny about it. No, it was no fluke. Um No. I felt that the, um the the next goal after it was just sort of um you had a big defensive blown defensive assignment um that allowed Judson to get free um and and I don't know the weirdest part about Vancouver right now is that a game like the one that took place on Saturday, which if you look at this the statistics of Forty-three to five shots, nineteen mm-hmm. to two shots on target. Both of those, both forty-three and nineteen, are MLS records. Um, Sixteen saves from Maxime Grippo, also a record. Seventy-five um, percent possession and twenty-five percent possession. Um, you, that's a. Those are dire, and those are all like so weird and bad. But it's because the Whitecaps have got this this strange shell that they fall back into, I think when they get surprised or, or, or shot, where it's very hard for them to put things together offensively. Yeah. But they can, but they have like a bedrock defensive posture. They can assume like, I'm, this is, this is the, this is why the record that um, Crepo broke for saves was also taking place in a, a loss it's it's this weird scenario of um how are you so good and so bad at the same time mm-hmm. that's that's what separates this game from like a six nothing game or or whatever else this is a game that is this is a team that's so maddeningly bad offensively at times and yet um was able to like you shouldn't you shouldn't have to face that much pressure but no. it is amazing how much pressure they were able to face.
0: Yeah, and I'm still trying to like process it in my own mind how this ties into the Montreal game or if we just need to consider them completely separately. It might sound obvious, but I look at the Montreal game and I see a game where we play really great, um, offensively have much more, and then it's defensive mistakes that let us down. And I mean, yes, of course, you can talk about the blown penalty chance as uh, affecting the result of the game. But for me, it happens far too early to just say that that throws everything off. That was kind of Mark Dos post-game speech made some very weird PlayStation analogies. Um, talking about robots running things. You know, for me, no, it's not clear and obvious to encroachment and to retake the penalty. However, if you're going to retake a penalty, maybe don't take exactly the same penalty kick that you just took. Yeah! That, you know... But then it's uh, an own goal from Henry. And then just a lapse in concentration. I think it's from Nerwinsky on the far post. Um... And it it's just like two completely avoidable goals. That yes. if nothing else, this game should have been one nothing. And so on the one hand you have a terrible game against San Jose where we didn't we didn't deserve anything out of it. I mean, besides the one goal, which sort of came out of nothing, we didn't deserve anything out of that. Then we go to Montreal, where it feels like we did in a way, because overall we played much better. But that's been the story of our season. Like, to me, the two games that happened this week have been the story of the Whitecaps this season. Either they're terrible and we lose, or we're actually pretty good and we still lose. (laughs) The bright spot, I think, is the fact that we're starting to get, you're starting to see some foundation build of a playing style. And yes, of course, if you're looking at the project of rebuilding a team, that this kind of thing is bound to happen where as your team gets into a rhythm and you figure out who can um, stay the course and you have people playing for spots, et cetera, you start to see people separate themselves from the herd. What's really sort of, I guess, alarming for me is how few players really seem to fit well into the system that I think that we're probably due for another big overhaul in the off season because, a lot of players have had a full season now under this system and can't seem to adapt and can't seem to connect what Mark DeSantis is trying to instill at the back and at the front.
1: One thing I want to say in terms of, in terms of your point about trying to compare the two games um, is that a lot of focus is, is, uh, has been put on this man marking system that, uh, San Jose is using and I think that it's clear that it was able to com- that it was able to completely neutralize the Whitecaps attack and the reason why yeah. I was able to do that is because we do have a bunch of attackers who in, in I think that there's a lot of talent um, on the Whitecaps but it's like you kind of feel that that the the uh, bombs and the Theo Bears of the world need a couple touches, need a couple steps right? Yeah. They need to need to get it in a position. They need to see what it's like. Like ultimately we're still relying on playmakers as opposed to having people always in the right position. There were a couple of, of very late where it was like the ball is rolling through the penalty area and nobody's there for it. Yeah. Cause there's no, there's just no, um because, because it's all sort of, you know, a little bit more incidental, a little bit, you know, trying to make it work. Uh, Michael, uh, so, so between the two games, when you come to Montreal, this intense pressure is off. So I think that's mm-hmm. the number one thing is that the Whitecaps have more time on the ball. They have more yeah. time to make choices. Um, and, and they have had a little bit, they had a little bit more, um, luck being able to s- string things together as a result of, of that. <laughs> Michael Chirinos, um, yeah. had a, I think a, a great game in, in what I think was his first start. Um, in was involved in a lot of in in, in I think both plays the mm-hmm. both the scoring play and the penalty play. It's interesting to think of the penalty play, just because the um there is this I described it earlier as like a layer of dis- of disallowed goal like of disallowment where where uh, they decided that. To St. Ricketts was off the line. And if you go back and forth, Mm -hmm. he certainly looks pretty far ahead. And, like, he's off the line. But also, Evan Bush is also off the line. So, I guess, like, the answer should be... I'm on record as saying that rebound penalties are kind of the Rebounding on penalties is kind of rough on the goalkeeper. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that is... So I have no problem I guess with with saying that like well he can't score the goal because he's kind of like not legal, but at the same time you know it was a it was a big deflating moment um mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right that you know he should have just deflected that he shouldn't have put the same penalty in the same place twice Rena
0: and i'm not it's not that I necessarily disagree with with that it's just that as the case has been especially this year is like what separates good teams from the not very good teams is teams that are able to pick themselves up and make better decisions and finish a game off but to to claim that like okay well this decision didn't go our way and that's the way we lost i'm just tired of hearing that because that that can't be true for 12 different games out of this season but that's the way that the coach and and a lot of fans have sort of talked about is, well, this decision didn't go that way. That decision, I just refuse to believe that we are being uh, refereed any different than other teams. Now, certainly there's points where maybe I, I do agree that the white caps and teams in our ilk are not shown the respect that we deserve and calls that would not go against the LAFCs and the galaxies, et cetera. um, They get called on us. But they get called on a lot of other teams as well, and it's but the other teams find a way to break out and make some of their own luck.
1: Well, well, the, the, here's the things that I said about the Whitecaps. And I actually don't think that this is a game where the Whitecaps were affected the worst um, mentally by by having that goal disallowed. But it's like um, this is going back to my point about San Jose about the the. The the first that really that immediate first goal that San Jose scored really breaking them like it, it, breaking their confidence. I don't necessarily think that the having the goal disallowed, you know, w- resulted neg- like like um, I think it did kind of result in the Whitecaps not feeling dominant in that way and not having that uh, that string of of you know not playing up like they were up to nothing right. Mm-hmm. It, it, and that doesn't mean it's the fault of the penalty. It means it's the fault of the Whitecaps for not continuing to 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 bunker down and and, and have them and, and play with the sort of confidence that you could. Doniel Henry continues to be, uh, and I don't even want to si- single him up for being bad because I think that this has happened a lot where he is such a key element in the first goal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also like is like he's involved in the attack. He is involved in some key defensive plays, but he also, for some reason is just involved in this big bonehead move where he scores the own goal, which to be fair, I didn't know about when I was in the stands because all of the, uh, when everybody stands up in that end of stats, you just can't see the goal. (laughs) So I just didn't know. I just knew they scored. Um, until, uh, until after the game. But um, the, the Whitecaps did, so this is, I do think that in this game, they did a better job of trying to get chances and try to, trying to um, continue to press, especially like, you know, through the rest of the second half. But the problems that faced them were that they were, if you look at the two plays, both the scoring play and the one that um, that didn't take, it really was like just throwing people at the the goal and seeing what worked that um the first goal is taken as like a like a ball falling out to the player that's on the far post but it didn't really prettily bounce out and it also was taken very mechanically which is not a critique it's just like 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 it's very much almost an air of desperation like like we've got to get this we've got to get this in and you look at the, the play that results in the penalty. It's like a guy is just running towards the, the penalty area and he gets taken down outside of the box. So you could almost ask whether or not the whole play should have been a, a free kick. Um, and then the ball bounces through the box and another guy is taken down. And then a third guy is taken down. And, and what's, the, what's the actual play that's being ran? Well, not sure. But it's just you're, run, you're, 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 devote, you're devoting your energies forward trying to see if you can make something happen. Um, mm-hmm. which is, which is, which works from time to time to the white caps, And then also when you don't actually have that, that plan together and when you're trying to, you know, I don't know if it's provides or what, um, they weren't able to, 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 to make something work. And they also weren't really able to, what they had a lot of possession in this game, but one of the things that really prevented them from putting together rhythm in the second half. Is that any time that they were dispossessed, it's like Montreal was thirty yards down the, the field within seconds. Yeah. Um, whether I, I don't know the best way, you know, especially if you're focused on trying to get that equalizing goal, that you can remedy that, but they were very vulnerable on the break.
0: Yeah, and. Similarly, that's a thing we really haven't seen many times from them this year, uh, from the Whitecaps, that is, is the their ability to counter. And, I mean, I'm not saying I missed the days of Ball and just sending the long ball over the top, but at least mm-hmm. we used to have a way to grind out a win or some road points. Um, and it really feels like, as much as I do understand the reasons behind trying to instill a certain playing style in a new team, which I think we can call the white caps at this point, um if you, you like you need other gears to be able to switch into, and we're just so slow to move up the pitch, as you said, I mean Montreal certainly has their weaknesses, but they've also scored a boatload of goals from a ton of different players because of their ability to get up the pitch,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: maybe a, a good transition into talking about montreal and and a little bit about Toronto as well.
1: they had had a big this was a, a, a great day for their new coach, and, and we have, uh, uh, we've had a little bit of the – the we recorded, I guess, early last week and late this week, so it's been a long time since um, Remy Gard has been replaced by Wilmer Cabrera, um, mm-hmm. what I thought was an incredibly strange thing to do while you were still in a playoff position, um, but I – there are re- there are theories that go from Cabrera was available and they they wanted to to the results just weren't there and in in the same way as Houston this is what's funny in the same way as Houston fired Cabrera because they wanted to hold on to what little chance they what what chance they perceived they had of making the playoffs mm-hmm. Montreal did the same thing and hired Cabrera
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's a head scratcher for sure i mean you and i i think both think Fairly highly of Cabrera. Yeah. Also, I thought Remy Gard was a a pretty good coach. He fit Montreal well. Um, And it seems strange. And it's also, it is kind of funny that the results are basically, so far, out of two games, exactly what they were under the old coach. (laughs) You win one, you lose one.
1: Yeah. And ultimately, the thing about the... um the game that got both of both guard and Cabrera got fired after like draws that I think you can't really blame on them, you know, Mm -hmm. or not that you blame on them, but it's like, I guess it's the idea. It's all well, the, the the at the end of the, you know, sealed it. But I, I also thought the same way about Cabrera's first game with Montreal against, um, against Toronto, which was the, Uh, the 2-1 loss in Toronto.
0: I have this weird theory about Montreal, too, that, like, it almost kind of doesn't matter who the coach is. Like, they've got such a good core group of players, but it is a little bit of chaos. So it sort of feels like you just put the team out and hope for the best, and that's why they play the way they do, where they concede a lot of goals, but also, man, can they hit teams hard. What was the... they're They're, They're sort of like a rec league a bit.
1: What was the quote uh, uh, somebody's – somebody, like, like made a Nihilist Tarby's quote where it was, like, uh, um, <laughs> somebody asked if – right, Impact – okay, so this is Sam uh, of the, the Atlantic tweets. Um, asked earlier about Wilbur Cabrera's contract, Impact President Kevin Gilmore Gilmore said, we're all interim. Didn't specify the length of Cabrera's deal. <laughs> and Jeff Ruder says – We're all interim. Nothing is permanent. Eat Arby's. Watch the impact.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does. It really like I feel like I've I feel some affinity for uh, the impact because I feel like I've played against teams like this in rec leagues. Like uh, obviously not with uh, Piatti and that kind of level of skill, (laughs) but just the like what is going to happen or you see them play and you're like, wow, it's such a great team and then you play against them and you're like wow we beat them somehow like kind of easily what is this um it, it i has, think it's has, it makes a bit of i think it makes a bit of sense as um a coaching move to bring cabrera in at this point and if he doesn't work out they can always like they're giving him a chance to prove himself and if it doesn't work out they can start again in the new year or in the off season
1: the um Montreal scores the first goal in this game uh, from, from Bojan, who is their new signing, who uh, slightly blew under the radar of all the other stuff that was going on. But I thought the in Montreal, Bojan, yes, I thought he had a great game uh, against Vancouver in Montreal, and I thought his goal here against Toronto was fantastic. This this uh, this ball that he, he it looks like he's playing it across. And it bounces off a defender, and he walks back onto a position to fire it into the near corner from 25 yards. Great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absurd, the attacking talent that Montreal has right now.
1: Um, um, they're let down eventually when uh, Evan Bush is, is punches the ball away, but right into the channel, and Marky Delgado gets it and ties it on 63 minutes. Yeah. Um, and the second goal from Bradley is also a little bit of a tough a tough one for Bush, who then went back and, saw, and saved two penalties in a row. So I guess he had a bad day and then he got a good day. Um, but uh, uh, but here it was it was rough. Yeah, it was actually Justin
0: Morrow's goal, the second one that right. Bradley kind of ran onto. But it was a weird, uh, like Bradley was there to usher it into the net with his um, pelvic thrust. The atmosphere of his <laughs> pelvis scored that goal, but it was really like Morrow took the shot and Bush got something on it and it just kind of like spun and fell into the net um but yeah it's it's so it's so weird to see um a tale of two Montreals, but I guess also something we're getting a little bit used to this season
1: yeah um it, it was hard there was a there was a penalty this is the rare since I'm the person who, is, who often mentions this, I got to point it out that I thought that it was the right choice for um, Toledo not to call the handball at the end. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's fine. It, I just, I went out, I came out of that one thinking it was just the wrong time, wrong time to fire him and then end up in this in this position where you had, uh, where you're, you're having to be fighting for, for points. Now if now that's all based on the idea of stability. And my idea of what makes Cabrera good is his idea to build a culture around a team and to have stability. I think mm-hmm. that he brings stability to a certain degree. Um so if, if all that turns around in three games and now all of a sudden what has been a wildly um a wildly inconsistent lineup can uh, I guess I guess with this win, Montreal are against Vancouver. Montreal are back in the playoffs picture again. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, like you say, it is kind of a test. Um, one team that uh, that helped themselves in the playoff position was New England.
0: Yeah, I loved this game. This they, was one they, of my favorite games.
1: They won. Uh, they beat Chicago two one. Uh, Zahebo gets the first goal, makes the run to the near post to bang in Bo's cross. Uh, and, uh, uh, Nico Gaetan has a good shot saved by Matt Turner, but he gets a free kick that floats through the air to find Francisco Calvo to score the first for Chicago, uh, until just this fantastic, beautiful goal from Bo who pounces on a, a careless pass and makes the run and rips it home.
0: Yeah, I was I was super impressed with New England here. Um, you know, yes, Chicago's been up and down as well. Um, and, but New England coming off a loss and and maybe starting to bend a little bit. Uh this this for me is what I'm talking about when we talk about the the Whitecaps is just like the ability to bounce back and just find a way to to win a game mm-hmm. and see it out. It's a massive three points that they desperately need. And it keeps them well in the playoff contention. I mean, yes, they're only a point ahead of Montreal and Toronto. But right now, out of those three teams that are separated only by a point, um, and I would imagine probably one of those three will end up in the final playoff position. Uh, Well, we'll see. But I I sort of favor New England. I feel like New England has been the more consistent one as of late. And has the upward momentum. Im- the impact we'll see, but we know can still concede an awful lot of goals. But New England have found a little bit more of a defensive uh, character. And Toronto, the same thing is that on their night they're great, but there just hasn't been the consistency there. And their defending at times has been really suspect. So this kind of performance from New England is really great to see where. You know, they're grinding out important victories.
1: I'll come out with a, a, a slightly spicy take to say that 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 you talk you talk about those three teams. I would also include DC United, who mm. had a really rough week this week. Yeah. Um they uh they lost in midweek two one to the Red Bulls in New York. Mm-hmm. The uh mm.
0: Including Wayne Rooney getting sent off for a just, like, sort of jujitsu move arm to a neck. Which just a I'm huge... Told you're not so... Like, just, <laughs> like, such a clear... If you're talking clear and obvious, it doesn't get much more clear and obvious than that. Of Like, okay, you can't punch a person in the neck face with your arm.
1: Just clears sir. about with a forearm. And I have, uh, I've seen that he's... Uh so he gets a red card. He's suspended for one game. I now hear it's two games. Mm. He's he's up for another. Uh DC's down by that DC's down by that point. Uh but they get the um they get sort of the gift of I guess Abdel Tarek or Amro Tarek uh gets you know, hauls down a uh hauls down a man with his arms, gets a yellow, keeps yelling at the referee and the referee sends him right off. Yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, I think that, that I mean ultimately you, you as a captain you have to you as you have to have your captain at that point wrap their arm around the shoulder of your your angry player and just get him out of there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. You have uh then you have Ola Kamara scoring with an amazing shot from outside the area um to make it to, to make it one-one for DC on the level, and then you have DC gives up a penalty that I think is legitimate. Uh, Moreno looks like he's arguing with a, with a parent as he's trying to tell the referee, "No, no, I didn't do it. My yeah. sibling did it." Um, uh, hitting Mario's legs as Mario uh, broke out in in New York scores to make it two-one. So they really um, they really had every opportunity. To take what was like, you know, sort of a um a dicey game and and make something of it. And then during the weekend they also had uh, a similarly tough time. Uh where do I uh, losing three, Philadelphia. One to, 3 1 to Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I didn't see this game, um, which is unfortunate because I feel like Philly's kind of fallen off my radar a little bit. Um probably everybody's to some degree.
1: I think Philly's heating up. I think they they they're they are improving, I think. Cuz we yeah. had they had, oh. the, they had that weird Aaron period of time. They had that weird period of time where it really looked like how are this how's this team so high in the standings? But uh they're now uh four out of their last six, so they're doing okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and starting to you know maybe steady the ship that at times has been rocking around a little bit. But they're still such a, a strong playoff contention team, and actually look like a team as well.
1: Shabilko scores very early, um, five minutes in, very timely goal. Uh, Eriksson then has so much room to, to turn in and, and shoot when he's played in by Shabilko. Uh,
0: Eriksson, this is not Tottenham. Aaronson, Ar- sir You got this
1: right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> For some reason I had you I would have let
0: it. that one slide except for the uh, I was like, oh no, no, no We do not do
1: Spurs talk here, sir Sorry, I'm referring to Minnesota midfielder Magnus Aaronson? Uh, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. uh But the uh Yeah, so you're right, you even said Aaronson But for some reason I had Ericsson in my notes Um Ericsson's okay. on the brain The Il- uh, Chibilko assists Aronson, and then also Ilsenio to get uh, three nil up by halftime. And even a, a, a great goal from Acosta could not uh, make it feel like DC were in it at any point. Actually, uh, I guess maybe there was a feeling that maybe they could do something, but they weren't able to to get that second that really would have um, that, that would have escalated it.
0: But isn't it weird too that like Acosta? I mean has had such a like long stretch without really doing much for this team, but has just sort of like come back to life all of a sudden. I think he's had a bit of a, a rough go with not knowing where he's going to be playing week to week. Yep. Um, And then not featuring for the team. So for me, DC right now, it's about like, can they get a lineup that's a little bit more consistent? And you know, it it's so unfortunate to see, I really wanted to see Rooney go out with a bang in MLS, but it seems like it's going to be more of a whimper. Um, I don't want to give, like, fuel to the silly sides of reports, but he did go out on the town in Vancouver, apparently, with teammates um, around to different clubs. And we know Rooney has had (laughs) some uh, issues in the past. And, you know, it's just like... It's always so disheartening when you see an older player come to MLS and just lose focus or and, and kind of, you know, like for so much of Rooney's time here, he's reinvented himself and he's shaken off some of that, like, laziness that was happening in England and, and sort of the, the party boy thing. So it's really unfortunate to see that kind of come creeping back in because he should be finishing off the season getting DC United as high up the table as he can. And trying to win an MLS Cup with
1: them. Okay, so counterpoint, counterpoint. Uh, Rooney did nothing wrong <laughs> in, in in Vancouver. This is my feeling. Uh, the, the the story that I saw was that that um, that the Sun had ran with an infidelity story, but he had like clarified that wasn't the case. Like you know, the the British the Sun uh, ran with an infidelity story when when photographing him with somebody outside of the Roxy, which. Right. I really love because the Roxy is undefeated. The Roxy is a place that is legendary in the National Hockey League as a place that makes players worse. Like you know, like <laughs> it gives people hangovers the, the the day before they're supposed to be playing games. It is infamous yeah. in terms of its impact. So I kind of love that Rooney uh, went to Vancouver and went to the Roxy, and and I am only a little bit defensive just because. I could see how that like I could see how he would feel really frustrated with the way that that was covered. So to a certain degree Oh absolutely. To a certain I'm, degree I, wasn't... I, I don't necessarily connect the two things and and, and I thought it was kind of negative. I thought my thought on the coverage of him going out was kinda like leave Rooney alone. But I can I can agree that, that was that was really wasteful and it was really wasteful for his team at an important moment.
0: My take there was not so much like a the infidelity story of just like the going out partying with your team after a loss, which is, you know, it's a thing that people do, but you know, Rooney's had some trouble this season and other seasons with the drinking thing and then get the boneheaded red card in the, the following match yeah, and get, and getting himself suspended. That's what I mean in terms of losing focus. Like um, at this point in the season, as much as I want to be like, oh, it's, like, fun to go out with your team and, like, why not enjoy the city and you lost anyway. But it's like, yeah, and you've got a, another game in three days. And this was also the guy that was all upset about, like, not having chartered flights.
1: <laughs> hashtag, they're, they're, MS- hashtag MSL! Hashtag MSL!
0: Um, I, I don't want, like, I'm not trying to breathe oxygen into into something stupid. It It just, to me, sort of, you know, you'd expect he's the captain of the team... Um, of course he can go out and do whatever he wants, but it's, you know, there's been multiple arrests. There's been problems in the past. It's not a great look. Why have that be a distraction at this point in the season? And I'm not saying it's connected to his red card. I'm just saying Rooney is connected to his overall sort of like, like just finish off the season strong, man. Like Turn out some great performances and make people like really miss you, but the way it currently stands is like, you're just letting your team down.
1: Here's the the thing with, and and I think that you, it'll be right to, to, to judge Rudy by his run in, um, especially because of his absence in, an additional game. Um, Yeah. You ultimately, the number one thing that matters in MLS is what happens when you get to the playoffs, especially now that the playoffs are single elimination if mm-hmm. if all of a sudden Rooney comes back and now he's playing like the the uh the the best player in the league which he can do if he is you know if he's applying himself um mm-hmm. you could see a very different um you could see a very different result for him you could see a very different result um in in ultimately you've got two spots for four teams so t- so I really think that it's on them to be on their best behavior, but also their best, um, you know, on their best form and, and come into the playoffs playing the best that they possibly can. Uh, uh, three, yeah. three spots for four teams. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wrong. But it's like there there is always not lost for D.C., but they could easily be leapfrogged by the three teams that are behind them and find themselves on the outside looking in if they for don't sure. shape it out up somewhat.
0: Yeah, and it's and that's my point is like it's just it's not the time to lose focus. And when you feel like your captain is losing focus and getting needlessly distracted and sent off, it really does not help things. Like you need your best players there; they can't sacrifice points at this at this point in the season.
1: Um, to a, a team that had a, a LaFC went from a four uh, nothing pasting of San Jose. Um, to, I think, the, the game that the league wanted everybody to be talking about um, in LAFC, LA Galaxy, a 3-3 draw. Um, which, ultimately, do you take that as, as, as a win for LAFC, or do you take that for uh, as who, who were able to score the goals to, uh, to come back from 3-1, or do you take that as, a, as sort of a moral victory for the Galaxy?
0: Uh, you're not going to like this and neither am I, but I think it's, uh, kind of a win for Galaxy, to be honest. I think Mm -hmm. that, um, it's interesting that I think somebody asked Zlatan earlier in the week, you know, do you feel like you're inside their head? And I was actually surprised that he was like, that's not what I'm about. Like, I'm just going out trying to play the best soccer I can and I'm not here to play mind games. I'm here to play soccer, but... Man, I have not seen a goal, like a, a goal scorer in a goalkeeper's head as much as Latin was in uh, Tyler Miller's head.
1: Just, yeah, I Tyler Miller
0: just looks like a little lamb left out in a field in front of a lion in this. And, you know, we've talked at times about Tyler Miller and his, uh, his inconsistencies and him being possibly one of the weak links at LAFC, despite, you know, he, he does turn out some amazing saves. Uh, but I feel like this is one where Galaxy played their part well, to know that they were going to have to hit Galaxy for as many as they could to hang on, because certainly LAFC were going to be able to score goals. Um, I think it was a good game for both teams. Uh, Latif Blessing looks great. He got a brace as well. Um, and of course, Carlos Vela managed to get a goal um, before being pulled off with a, a little hamstring tweak,
1: which he was none too happy about. What did he? Uh, what did he? What did he? Did he? It, st- it certainly looked like he yelled, "What the fuck!" on camera.
0: Yeah. Well, and then he sur- he ripped off his captain's armband and threw it on the ground. I'm not quite sure what the purpose of that was, um, but apparently did not take kindly to being subbed off and thought he had more gas in the tank. Not a great look for him, but, um, you know, obviously they're wanting to protect him with um, lots of games coming up. They don't want to take a risk with an older player. Uh, LAFC looked like LAFC for much of this, uh, except for the fact that defensively just really coming up short against Latin. um, You know, and Christian Pavon is obviously the player that he is. I don't think this changes much for Galaxy, really. I think, as we've said all along, they will remain pretty high up in the playoff spot. They will probably do okay. But I feel like any of the the good Western teams can still beat Galaxy um, Mm -hmm. on any given night. And I feel like LAFC is still by far the better team. There's virtually, there's very few circumstances under which these two teams are going to meet in the playoffs anyway. So it's kind of a moot point to be like, whoa, could this be a potential matchup? It's like, it it feels like that's going to be really hard for that one to happen.
1: I feel this weird thing about rival, like, you know, the, the concept of like, quote unquote, rivalry week, where uh it's like, they're booking all of these, they like, designate this one week where we're gonna book all the matches that anyone cares about,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a really strange take, and for most of them too, I mean it was the one good thing about the San Jose game is when they asked m d s about it with, and he's like, so San Jose and the white caps is that a rivalry and he's just like, no, <laughs> it's not it's just not um yeah it it's 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 real strange it was it was also made strange by the fact that two Rivals uh, ended up playing against each other in the U.S. Open Cup.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually as well. before we jump to the Open Cup, I am actually gonna just correct uh, slightly that there is actually a non-zero, or I would say a pretty decent chance that LA and LAFC can meet in the playoffs. Because, oh, is it? Because the bracket is. Uh, oh wait, no, maybe I'm wrong about the seating, because uh, I think I have mentioned before that they get reseeded after each, every round. This new playoff yeah. I was looking at a bracket that said that that four or five goes on to play one oh. um and that's the position galaxy are in four right now and, and Minnesota's in five but I do think it is receded so they might I don't know if they I don't know if they recede at that point so that that if there's a if there's other things going on in terms of um if there's other things going on in terms of like like other upsets elsewhere in the bracket who who ends up it could
0: it it certainly could happen i mean sure i think it'd be great i think it's the one of the legitimate uh, rivalries you can actually talk about uh Mm. as as very much being a real thing and it would be interesting to see like could if you give these two teams 120 minutes which is probably what it would take would a team actually win at the end of it
1: (laughs) i i missed the open cup so what happened with that
0: Uh, well, what happened with that was, uh, a bit of commentators curse because of course I was wanting to defend Minnesota because they're a team that people don't always give credit to or pay attention to, especially this season, in which I think they've been overall pretty fantastic, not just because of the difference from previous years, but just the way that they've been playing and as a team, they look like a a complete package. Their defense, defending has been much better, um far fewer goals conceded. I just think that they've been really strong overall. So I thought going into this one, sure, Minnesota has a chance, uh, against Atlanta United, but of course the U S open cup is played in uh, Mercedes Benz stadium. (laughs) And they just couldn't seem to make it happen. Um, and this was despite Joseph Martinez, not scoring anything. Um, there was a own goal early on, um, from Gasper. And then Pity Martinez did his thing and Minnesota just tried to scrape by and they did get a goal, but just could not make it happen for themselves. Uh, but overall it seemed, it was a good match. It was well fought. It, it's sort of, it's unfortunate that, um, it, it's happening in such a busy time of year, but I think Minnesota might've had the edge in terms of rest before this game. I was a bit, Thinking because Atlanta had just played a game three days prior that they would maybe not be as as fresh, but and and they certainly weren't. But they were still obviously the better team, so Atlanta gets the cup.
1: I see that the recap tries to to perform the mental gymnastics of calling this the the third trophy you know calendar year for Atlanta after MLS Cup and the Campeones Cup. Um, certainly, I don't think that you can necessarily. Uh, I don't think that. Atlanta is back to where they were yet, but they have uh, uh, they have announced themselves in the most crucial time of the year, um, I guess, to be a key player in the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah, and I still think that the, the narrative around not liking um, DeBoer's style is really the thing that people, like the cloud hanging over this team that people seem to ignore. But when you look at goals for and goals against like the goal difference in the East, you start to see, that. like, I would argue um, they're a more complete team this season. They're just not playing as exciting football. But you starting to, to really, they're starting to really look like uh, a team that is going to be incredibly, incredibly difficult to beat in the playoffs.
1: That is true. Uh, Atlanta also had the one nothing win over Orlando uh, on the 4th. Friday previous to this
0: I think so yeah Um, which is sorry I was just because it's too bad for Orlando that they just they kind of have flatlined a little bit um, despite being a better team And I mean this is not the kind of result you'd expect between these two teams to have it be so close but it just has not been falling for Orlando lately and it's really starting to feel like maybe there's not much left in, in their tank this season
1: Hard to believe that there was only one goal in that game between those two teams, because they both played reasonably openly. Uh, FC Mm -hmm. Dallas blasted Houston 5-1.
0: Yeah. God. Like, just wow. We've talked about some bad defending in some games recently, but this was just, like, call the paramedics bad.
1: Um, this is, I think, the real, compared to Montreal, this is the real mistake. Because, A, the, the manager you fired is already elsewhere in the league. And, B, now your you're, you're, you're big recovery after firing your guy to try and stay in the playoffs is still at least
0: 5-1. And, you know, full credit to Dallas for capitalizing on it. But just the number of orange shirts standing around the pitch, kind of looking at each other as... Dallas sort of strolled around with the ball and knocked it into the back of the net. I actually feel like uh, Houston was lucky in this one to not have it be far worse. Yes, they got a goal back, which was just, I think, a little bit of what always happens when a team starts blasting in the goals is you just lose focus and it's easy for a player to run in and get something, but uh, a huge win for FC Dallas and for... Houston, you're just like, this is not the time in the season when you want to get blown out by a rival like this. (laughs) It's never a good time, but this is really not a good time.
1: It felt like we just played the Hell is Real Derby, uh, but um, it has come back around again, and uh, Columbus beat Cincinnati uh,
0: 3-1. Mm-hmm. Finally, some signs of life from Caleb Porter's uh, team. Uh, Zardes with the brace. I was i was suitably impressed too that i mean cincinnati definitely looked out of their element at times but this is clearly a team that's not going to be making the playoffs and so it is about what does the what's the team identity going to be and so it's nice to see them uh you know at least going a little bit more toe to toe here but columbus played a very good game
1: um rsl beat colorado 2 nothing Kai Kamara really, Kai Kamara's tweet really seemed to to frame the game as is he did, he got sent off at, for having a boot up. It looks like, um, but I think that when you look at the play, it kind of looks. He he said it was never a penalty. I think that it kind of was, um, or never or wasn't were never a red. I think you know you just can't have the the boot up like that.
0: Yeah, I'm. I mean, it's definitely i I had to look at it a few times, but it's one that i'm I'm more comfortable being like, yeah, I think that's that's probably gotta be a red um it if it's gotta feel unfortunate because speaking of teams that don't always get respect Colorado is definitely one of them and and they it's certainly not for lack of trying in some games, and overall they have played just so 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 much better but um yeah this one unfortunately goes the way for r s l
1: uh you have uh, portland seattle two one uh for Seattle in a game that um continued to that continued to talk about the the issues involving um the the both clubs and um trying to sort of in a way fight their own fans uh in the in the attempt to in their attempts to uh display anti fascist ima- imagery um portland did the portland fans did not uh sing at all until the thirty third minute um which is the year that the iron front was deemed illegal i think mm-hmm. uh, uh, if i'm correct about that um yep. the um it was a it was a uh there was a lot of interesting things that happened around that. Of course, um, some people were critical that – although I think that in the stadium, it sent all the message it needed to send. But some people noted that on 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 the uh, – in the broadcast, like 15 MLS stadiums sound like that. <laughs> oh. Somebody said oh. on Twitter. Uh, but um, the uh, – I think it was a great, it was a great demonstration and they did, people did hang the the three arrows flag and it did end up happening. Um, Whether or not, pardon?
0: I was going to add to that. I mean, yeah, this for me was my my favorite highlight of the week for the two sides to the rival fan groups to pull together and organize this. Um, I thought it was really great. It definitely sent a message and you know it sounds like maybe there's a little bit of traction somewhere within the timbers maybe maybe not um but it's just it's so important for these kinds of things to happen and you know in a a rough season <laughs> Yeah. For soccer fans, particularly Whitecaps fans, like I, I've I've definitely felt at moments where I'm just like I don't love this right now. Like there's just not been much to be happy about. It. This just made me proud as hell to be uh, a soccer fan, and I'm not claiming that I'm in any way giving anything to the supporter culture because I, I really don't. But uh, it, it makes me proud that people show their passion for the game through these ways and, and value the community and value each other, that goes far beyond just watching a game. And we've talked about that. But to me, this was just like a, a really beautiful display and sent the right
1: message. The um, It was a game that, uh, that Portland could have won and almost won. Um, but they had a lot of pressure where they could make nothing land. Uh, and, and that's unfortunate for them, but it, and the, the fact that they weren't able to get it. Uh, apparently, there was also uh, Jeffrey Ball on Twitter uh, tweets that uh, apparently the owner of the Timbers, Merritt Paulson, started yelling at somebody in the crowd, and, and according to this user, he was the one that was getting yelled at. And what he said was, "Merritt, fight for us." He said back, "You can tell, yell anti-fascism all you want, but you fucked this team tonight." Uh, I don't think that's correct, because uh, uh, I, I don't think that it, we Merritt has a history of saying wacky stuff on Twitter. So he deleted his Twitter and now he's yelling it in real life. Yeah. And yeah, Merritt
0: Paulson is an oaf, but um, uh, yeah, I, I there was definitely some some fan murmurs. They're like, you yeah, know, it's because of this that our team went down. Like, shut up. Come on. These guys are professionals. The players on the field knew what was going on. Uh, many of them supported it as well. Come on, it's it's it was close. for me. It's the f- it's the fans who are not as engaged and want to find a reason for why their team lost. To talk about the soccer here, um, if you want to blame someone, blame Valentin for this. Just like super lazy, back footed. I'm, I guess you could call it a challenge on Jordan Morris, who just is like, what? And then skips over his foot and is able to find his teammate, uh, Roldan, to put them up one nothing in the 22nd minute.
1: Absolutely. It's just so, it, like, it looks so bad. And, I, he, yeah. you know, that's who you, that's who you got to put it on. Um, yeah.
0: The... If you want to beat Seattle Sounders, you got to put a firmer foot in on Jordan Morris in your own box defending. I was
1: reading this point. I was, I was reading this article from the athletic earlier um, where Dos Santos says that, that it hurt to see people walk out in Vancouver games early because you know it, it, what they're walking out of. Had, doesn't have anything to football. We need you guys. We need you guys to fight for us. The thing is, in the, it is the same. It, in some ways, it's the same way for that as this, the club needs to stop fighting the fans the league needs yep. to stop fighting the fans. It's not on the fans to yeah. to to you know uh it's not on the 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 fans are welcome to sing or to not sing or to or to attend or to not attend as they see fit. But the club should really stop trying to 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 literally fight with the fans and the, literally like you know get involved in screaming matches with the fans. And the thing is, like, let's be real. Part of the point is to put some pressure
0: on the players and the coach because then they, they need their fans. So then they put pressure back on the team. That's part of the reason why you do things like this. So it's it's when people are like, you know, well, it doesn't look, you know, how does it make the players feel? Like, probably terrible. And they're probably going to talk to their coach and their manager and their club president. And like, (laughs) that's what it's (laughs) supposed to do. You're supposed to feel bad about
1: Nazis you're supposed to feel bad about Nazis. You're absolutely right. Um the final the game the, the final game on the schedule and the number one thing that you mentioned at the top of the broadcast was uh was Sporting Kansas City beating Minnesota 1-0. I I could scarcely believe it as I watched the highlight clip, but entirely through the efforts of one Eric Hurtado. Uh and not just and- from the, his his only goal, but I think that he had a bunch of other chances as well.
0: Yeah, and it's like his play as well. And that goal for me is also reminds me a lot of the one he scored against Sporting Kansas City on the road. And I'm pretty sure that the, was the day that Peter Vermees went, I'll take that player, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and it's just so great to see. It was really interesting to see Whitecaps Twitter kind of respond with like, is Eric Hurtado good? And I was very glad to see that our, our uh, Vancouver podcast brethren uh was very much like we've been saying this for ages and you know like i think we all agree it was time for him to move on he had a lot of good years here uh but needed a chance to go somewhere else and it was just unfortunate that he got injured in sporting kansas city but he he's always worked his tail off for whoever he's played for and it's good to see him back in form and scoring goals for them and being the talisman they need right now. Like for me, this is the greatest platform for him is to come in and save your team because they desperately needed points. And despite having some good displays, you would really expect it to be, you know, the Johnny Russells who, uh, or the Gutierrezes who come to the, the rescue here. And it's great to see a guy like Hurtado Sort of take that mantle on and, and come back from injury and decide his season's not over and he's going to have the final word on it.
1: Absolutely. The only uh, out of the only out of league uh, note that I have is that uh, Iron Maiden played a concert in Edmonton and uh, arranged a secret game at Clark Field with uh, with team staff and fans. Uh, where the the bassist, the Iron Maiden, it's, it's well-documented that uh, the Iron Maiden's great uh, fans of soccer, including uh, the bassist Steve Harris, who's the band member that is in. It was like a, a, a lineup of Harris and a bunch of people, like tour managers and tour staff, versus uh, Edmonton's assistant coach and some media people and some fans who were told, apparently, Iron Maiden... Um, messaged these these two fans and said do you of iron maiden and of fc edmonton do you want to come be in like a commercial and it was like uh the guy i'm looking for his name but i actually had ran into him once marcus gluex and it was one of them and michelle peters jones was the other uh according to the toronto star the uh i have run into marcus in the NASL, nasl games and so i think it's it uh i get a real kick out of seeing that um to, apparently they they led him around the corner with their eyes blindfolded and then pulled him off and said you know you're gonna play a football game against uh, uh, Iron Maiden. Um, Iron Maiden walloped him. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Jeff. This Jeff. is just. I can see why you brought
0: this story up because it does feel very MLS.
1: <laughs> Jeff Jeff Polis is the head coach of Everton and he says i'm not going to he looks at the all of the uh the media player media media people and fans and and other staff members that are a part of the team and he says i'm not going to sign any of these guys and then immediately his assistant coach gets stripped at the other end he's like i got to talk to him about that
0: <laughs> amazing
1: <laughs> where can we find you online
0: you can find me online at That's So MLS on Instagram and Twitter. A little shout out to our, our new fan, Paolo Tornaghi, former Whitecaps goalkeeper. We are certainly yeah. fa- fans of his, but he posted a nice little memory of winning the Canadian Championship with us. And so I, I just had to repost it for a good old some good memories from white caps times and then (laughs) following us. And I was like, Oh my heart, I needed something happy to happen. Anyway, where can we find you online?
1: You can find me online at team Bates on Twitter, www.team-bates.com. I'm an editor at Howler Magazine, whatahowler.com. You can find this podcast at thatsellermolest.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe.
0: And until next time. Don't throw your forearm into your pal's neck and get yourself sent off. Please don't.